It is Tuesday, January 9th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Hail to the victors. And John ja Morant already done. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Michigan, your 2024 national champions. John Morant done for the season. He will have shoulder surgery. And more coaching news in the NFL. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Hail to the victors indeed. Michigan 15-0 and as they beat Washington 34-13, capturing their first national championship since 1997. And early on in this game, AJ, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. So I guess the score kind of reflects what we thought was going to happen watching the first quarter, but the score is not really indicative of the way the majority of that game went last night. Yeah, the game was was close until about halfway through the fourth quarter, and when when Michigan scored that touchdown that, that put them ahead two scores, the uh, the, Blake, the first Blake Corum touchdown, that's when you knew the game was over, uh, and then obviously a, a late pick uh, it sealed the deal but and, and made the game uglier than it was, but uh, yeah, this was just um, this was not a good performance by Washington. This was, and all this is, I think, credit to to Michigan defensively. This we, we there was a lot of talk about. Well, Washington hasn't seen or Michigan hasn't seen an offense as explosive as Michigan, and I think, I mean, maybe it's just that Washington hadn't seen a defense like Michigan's this season, and I think that was the big miss. Is when you play in the Pac-12, you don't see a ton of great defenses. Um, they, they didn't see an elite secondary, certainly uh, against Texas. And they saw that, uh, in that game yesterday. And, uh, it, it really changed the way Michael Penix had to play this game and Michael Penix, who, I mean, Washington led this, led the country in air yards this season, and they could hardly take a shot downfield. I mean, everything was dink and dunk, um, but I, I I played my my favorite play in this game was under thirty nine and a half pass attempts for uh, for, for Penix because I thought well Michigan's want to they're going to want to run the ball they're going to try to control the clock Washington when they get out there they're going to take shots they're going to try to score quick because they don't want to run clock and instead it was I, they they hardly ever took shots and the one big shot that they took got called back on a penalty. It just didn't look like the Washington offense. It looked mm-hmm. like they played. I don't know if the word to put it is scared, but it, they didn't play Washington football against this team. And uh, and what they did play just wasn't good enough to beat Michigan. So uh, kudos to Michigan, a fantastic performance. And uh, I, it, listen, it, it was a it was the Blake Corum show. This guy is, and, and really, I shouldn't say just Blake Corum. It was a Michigan running back show because Donovan Edwards scored two touchdowns early and really, like you said, made it look like it was going to be a blowout. He was the reason that they were in control of that game on two two big runs, explosive runs. Although there will be people who say, you know, if they're calling holding in this game, probably mm-hmm. probably both those runs come back. Um, so it, there was some, some questions about the officiating, but I, I don't think there's any question about if the better team won or not. 
yeah, clearly Michigan was the better team. Uh, Washington won the toss. They deferred, and then they're, you know, they couldn't stop Michigan running the football on that opening drive, and Donovan Edwards has the 41-yard touchdown run, and then Washington goes right down the field, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. This is going to be a potential shootout, and the drive just stalls. They run stupid plays inside the five-yard line. It was obvious that Dylan Johnson was nowhere near, forget about 100% AJ, this kid wasn't even at 50%. And the fact that they tried to force feed him on that opening drive, it it really hurt them. They get down to the uh, nine-yard line, uh, the 10-yard line. It's first and goal. Johnson goes nowhere. Then they run a wide receiver sweep that goes nowhere. And then third and goal is incomplete. They settle for the field goal. And then on the very next drive, Donovan Edwards with the 46-yard touchdown run, and it's 14-3, to and, and, and Washington's behind the eight ball. And then Penix was just off the whole game. He could not handle the pressure. He missed a wide-open Romeo Adunze on a play that would have given them a touchdown and made this a 14-10 football game. And from that, from that moment on, it was just – it was all downhill for Penix. Well, and one of the advantages you thought Washington might have was they've got this uh, – an overflow – an abundance of wide receiving talent mm-hmm. with, 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 with Roma Dunze and, and Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan. Uh, you, you thought it would be hard for Michigan to cover all those guys. And it, the, the problem was there was never really a – there was never a, a shot taken. Like, it, it is hard to cover all those guys down the field, but when you're just – when you're throwing it right where the defender is, I mean, you're asking the receiver to do all the work. You're just not going to get the job done. This That defense is just too disciplined. So I, I thought this was, for for a guy in Kalen DeBoer, who I have a lot of respect for, uh, I, I thought that he didn't have the best game plan offensively, mm-hmm, uh, especially mm-hmm. against the, the defense that he was going against. And I think Michigan, you know, they listen, Mich- if you if you told me that before the game, Michigan was going to run for over 300 yards, I would have said, well, this game's not even close. And yeah. and it wasn't. Yep. And yep. Uh, they they 38 to 10. That's Michigan rush attempts versus pass or versus pass receptions. And that is what they needed to do. They, they wanted to they wanted to work. I mean, 18 pass attempts on the mm-hmm. whole game, 38 rush attempts. That is what Michigan football was all about. And Washington never had a run game. I mean, 2.3 yards per carry in this game. It, it never had a chance. Like you said, Dylan Johnson, it was pretty obvious early on that he was not himself. He had one good run. It was his first run of the game. And then he went mm-hmm. to the sideline and was hurt. And then they brought yep. him back. They wrapped him up like a mummy. He came back out there and did absolutely nothing for the rest of the game. I, I, they just didn't have a, a backup option. And when when Penix is off – and Let's face it, Michael Penix missed more throws in this game than he did in the Oregon and Texas game combined. I, yeah, I mean, it, if there was one, like the biggest negative about the game last night was that Michael Penix draft stock just plummeted. I mean, he could not handle the rush. He was missing wide open guys. You mentioned the the, the abundance of wide receivers that Washington has. They got open. There were opportunities to get his playmakers the football and Penix just missed them. I mean, Roma Dunze, like the, the play that he missed him on where he was wide open. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he That's probably runs in for a touchdown mm-hmm. and he, he missed him by three or four yards and you just you missed can't Polk miss. on what miss Polk on would have, what would have been a 25 chunk yard play. And, and, and it's then, crazy yeah. because a week ago, I mean, he didn't miss. It, like they, they, people make jokes about uh, which, which nipple do you want it on and, and, and they'll hit it. And, 
Michael Penix was putting it on the nipple. And to, yesterday he just, he didn't have that accuracy. And what, I mean, it's not like the, the pass rush for, for, for Michigan was some crazy, you know, something that, that they'd never seen. Like it was, I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was fine. It, it wasn't, it wasn't something that should have just controlled the, the flow of the game, but Penix just never settled in, never, never had it going. And, um, you know, I, again, I, I give a lot of credit to Michigan on that, but a lot of it is just Michael Penix in, in a big game didn't show up. And nope. you know what? I, I gave uh, I, I gave a lot of a lot of grief to Jaden Daniels for the way he played in the second half against Florida State, the way he played in the second half against Alabama. And I said, hey, man, that's a that, that's a knock on this dude, in my opinion, when the when the lights were the brightest, he shelled up. And I, I'm going to be fair. Michael Penix did too. Michael Penix shelled mm-hmm. up, uh, particularly in the second half of this game. That did not look like the Michael Penix we saw all season. Uh, he looked like he was playing scared. He he looked like he didn't have any confidence. It was it was weird to see because that, that's yeah, not what we got, saw and, from him all week or all season. And he got banged up at the end, yep. and he was hurt, of course. But you know what? Everybody's the, hurt. The, the, it's it's been yes, fourteen weeks the, of football for these guys. And the defense, though, the defense stepped up in the middle of that game, and Washington had an opportunity. They score at the end of the first half. It's a seven-point game. They get the ball to start the second half, and they have an opportunity to make it a tie game after everything that went wrong in the first half, and Penix throws a bad interception. I mean, it it honestly felt like the the game was falling apart for Michigan at that point, and it didn't. If Washington, you know, engineers a scoring drive on that first drive of the second half, it's a completely different football game. But instead, for, you know, the pass, the first, he throws it, tries to throw it away or doesn't try to throw it away, whatever. And it gets intercepted. And then Michigan goes down, gets a three. At least they held him the three, but uh, the game was over. And, 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 you know, Penix couldn't do anything. So congratulations to Michigan uh, as they finish the season 15 and 0. And I guess. The question that I'll ask right now, and we'll kind of hold it over to when we get into our NFL conversation, but was this the last game for Jim Harbaugh as head coach at Michigan? In your opinion, yes or no? If I had a gun to my head, I'd, I would say yes. I mean, he's... Okay, he's, now don't, don't, don't tell me. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about where we think he could okay. go and where he would fit in a couple of minutes when we get to the NFL coaching carousel, but... You say this was the last game that he coached at University of Michigan. I think it'll be the last. One. I, I agree with you. I think going out on top, fifteen and zero, and and that's when you say goodbye. They can't I be mad at him. Was, this they can't fair. be mad this at him fair. now. Mm-hmm. Like it, Mich- Michigan fan, if he if he decides to go to the NFL, Michigan fans can't be upset with him. Nope, nope. And you know what? Hire hire uh, Sharon uh, Moore. Sharon Moore took yep. over did and, a great job. Yeah, took over in the interim, did a great job. The players love him, but that's uh, neither here nor there. The odds are out for next year's national championship, which is going to be a lot harder to win because of the one new college football playoff, the expanded playoff, and two, the new conferences. Right, we're going to see teams play each other. Michigan and Washington have a rematch in October. Yeah. as part of the new Big Ten, so yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a real uh, interesting case study next season in college football. But here are the odds right now. Uh, I'll give you one. I'll give you one guess. Who is the favorite to win the national championship next year? Uh, I'm going to guess the Georgia Bulldogs. 
The Georgia Bulldogs are your favorite on the DraftKings Sportsbook at plus 450. Alabama, who I thought you were going to say, uh, is plus 600. It's hard to ruin you the know. game. <laughs> it's okay. See, I thought you were going to say Alabama. No, I, 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 coming I, back and whatever. Yeah, I mean, listen, right. I, I think Georgia was the best team this year, and, and they uh, didn't even make the playoffs. So okay. uh, yeah. my, my guess is it's got a lot of the usual suspects. It's Georgia. It's Bama. It, it's I, I would guess Texas is back in that conversation. Ohio State, Texas even though is, they weren't there Texas this year. Texas is the fourth favorite. So Ohio State's the third favorite. Texas, the fourth favorite. Michigan, to repeat, is 10 to 1. And then, or, and then Oregon, 11 to 1. LSU fourteen to one, Ole Miss sixteen to one. That's not surprising to me. Uh, the the I mean the one school. I guess maybe there's there's probably two schools you didn't say that I'm surprised. But yeah, that, that sounds like the the guys that I would have expected. So uh, who are you who are you surprised I didn't say? I'm surprised you didn't say Clemson. And Clemson's I'm surprised, twenty to one. And I'm surprised you didn't say Florida State. Eighteen to one. Yeah, and those, I mean those are the next two. Okay, so, well, there's there's your ten favorites then, right? Yes. Yeah, that that sounds <laughs> Those about are your right. Ten favorites, and you notice who's not in that conversation is Washington because they they've got a uh, they've got a oh. big a big piece to replace. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how how they hold up. And, and you didn't hear USC; uh, mm-hmm. they've got some changes to make. You, you didn't hear Notre Dame, who's going to have a new quarterback, and a lot of the usual suspects. You didn't hear those names, so. Um, again, with 12 teams, I, I think picking a future champion is going to be harder than ever. I, I think the, the, the way to do this is to, to find, like, to make your bets, and they're not going to be as juicy, but make your bets on who's going to make the, the playoff because that gives you a, a chance, and then you can adjust from there. Uh, because I, I think really, like, narrowing it down to, like, figuring out who's going to win the final, make the final four, and then figuring out who's going to win two games in a row is one thing. Once you get to 12 Figure teams, it. yeah. I mean, it's like a four-leg parlay, and that's if your team <laughs> makes it. So uh, it gets a lot more difficult. So I think the, the futures bets I'm going to be most interested in this offseason are to make the playoff, mm-hmm. and then we'll go from there. Um, but, again, these two teams that we saw last night, even with the with the changes that they're going to make, the, the changes that are going to be made, it's interesting that that Michigan's right right up there in the mix again, and, and Washington, uh, I don't know what I don't know if you said their odds even, but I, I would guess that they're they're pretty long. They are fifty to one. Yeah, that's not, that sounds so, about right. Uh, a yeah. team that played for the national championship last night now fifty to one mm-hmm. to win it next year. So lo- obviously a, a lot of change. And again, this is no knock on Kalen DeBoer; he's a great coach. But I also would would caution against Michigan. I think you said ten to one on Michigan. I would caution against that because remember we just said this. I, I don't know if John, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh is going to be back, and. Mm-hmm. Anytime you've got a coaching change, th- that's not the kind of team I'm looking to uh, to to make a big run like that. That would that would be surprising to me. All right. Well, the season is over. Um, what do you think overall? Good season, entertaining season, profitable season, fun season. What's your uh, what's your takeaways here now that we tie a bow on the 2023 college football season? It was it was a profitable season, although uh, last night cut into it a little bit. Uh, I, I will admit the, uh, the the national championship game wasn't my best. I went uh, two and four on the game, playing some props and stuff like that. But still, a, a healthy season overall, over over fifty five percent, which is, I mean, that's the goal. So it was very profitable. But uh, overall, like I think it was good. I mean, the playoff games were good up until the national championship game. It wasn't the most fun game to watch. Um, and uh, but I would say, like going back to to a week ago. If you told me those are the four teams and that they're going to get games that are that competitive, 
then they, they probably got the thing right. I, I still, again, I still think Georgia was the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. I understand why they didn't make the playoff, though. Um, I, I also was one of the people, seemingly one of the few people who understood why Florida State didn't make the playoff. I was happy. <laughs> I was happy with the teams that they selected. I understood why they selected the teams that they did from a, foot, a, a competitive football standpoint and from a rating standpoint. And, you know, I, I think they did the best that they could. Um, I, I don't yeah, know I, if Michigan is like, I don't think this is some great championship team. Do you, like, do you get the mm-hmm. vibe that Michigan is like, like think back to the national champions of this, four, the four team playoff era. Where's Michigan ranked to you? Wow. Um, I mean, they're, they're certainly behind the last two Georgia teams, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, not even not, those, those two there. That's not even a conversation. So yeah, they're behind they're behind all the other 15 and 0 teams. If you look at just the 15 and 0 teams, they're behind Georgia, they're behind LSU. Um they're behind that Clemson team that won 15 and 0 a couple of years ago. So so you could argue this is the worst team mm-hmm. of the 14 playoff era that won the national championship. Um, I don't know. I can't say that. Okay. I I, I, I think I might worst? say it. I think I might say it. Maybe like one of those. Maybe one of those Ohio, like the Ohio State team, the first. The year? Ohio State team that was the four seed. Yeah. Eh, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know who else. I mean, like I said, the, the the Georgia teams, the Alabama teams were all better. The LSU team was better. The the Clemson team that won fifteen and zero was better. So I guess the only one left to argue about is the the first year, the 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 Ohio State team that beat Oregon. And that, Which is that, a very very similar to what we saw here with Michigan against the Pac-12 team yeah, in Washington, and, and also beat Alabama in the uh, in the game before that. So yeah, uh, but they beat very they similar. beat number one unbeaten Alabama uh, that mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. That everybody thought was the best team. So I don't know. I, I think it's in the conversation, but again, it's not a knock on Michigan. It's just a knock on to me. It's a it, what it's it speaks to the parity of this season. I, I don't think there was a great team this season. Uh, the last two seasons we've been spoiled because Georgia and it, the Georgia teams were just so dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- this year there were there were several good teams. Like the idea that that Georgia didn't make the four team playoff, like I, I mean that tells you all, all those teams at the top were were kind of in a pile. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that there was a team that didn't belong. Uh, but I also don't think there was a team that really separated themselves from everybody else this season. And we had two incredible semifinal games that Absolutely. came down to the final plays of You know what? Games. One final thought that I'll share here is, boy, in hindsight, Texas really made a mistake not running the football more. Like mm-hmm. when you, when you see course. this, when you see the success, and maybe if if they've got a healthy uh, Jonathan Brooks, maybe they do. But when you see the success that Washington had last night running the football or that Michigan had running against Washington, it's like, how did they not figure this out? I mean, it felt to me like every time Michigan threw the football, Washington was excited. It's like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for throwing the football. So, like, it, it makes me wonder why Texas didn't didn't figure that out earlier in the game. So, uh, yeah, that that was one of the that was one of my bigger takeaways was watching that game going, man, Texas really blew an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know if I don't know if Texas would have done anything against this Michigan team either. Uh, but I, I, I know Michigan wouldn't have run for 300 yards against Texas. That's one thing I know for no. a fact. Yep. Uh, but they they didn't earn their opportunity. These these were the two best teams, and uh, mm-hmm. and it, it it was by the end of the by the time the dust settled, Scott, there was no question who who the national champion should have been. Yep. So congratulations to Michigan. Congratulations to Jim Harbaugh, and congratulations on a completion 
of the 2023 college football season. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, It's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Black Monday in the NFL. No surprise. We had a couple of uh, coaching situations get uh, clarified as Washington did part ways with Ron Rivera. We expected that to come. And I think the interesting part about this Washington uh, situation is what they're doing in their front office, AJ. They are bringing in X. Warriors general manager, Bob Myers. Yeah, it's wild, huh? Yeah. It's that now this isn't, they're not hiring him to be the general manager. They are hiring him to be uh, part of an advisory committee, I guess, in terms, you know, to help find a coach. So Bob Myers comes in as well as former Vikings general manager, Rick Spielman. Um, they're, they're coming in here to help with the coaching search. And you know, you know why I like this so much? I like this so much because, you know, Josh Harris, who, you know, runs the the group now that owns the Sixers and owns the Washington, these guys like him, they don't pretend to know more than the experts. Instead, they just pay somebody to do the job right you know there's no pretending that like oh i know who i'm gonna hire as my nfl head coach like you know what i don't so i'm gonna hire i'm gonna pay some smart people 
to figure out who should be the head coach of my organization. <laughs> good call. I like that. And I, I think they're going to, you know what? I think they're going to find a good candidate. I really do. We talked yesterday about the, uh, we talked yesterday about the, the openings in the NFL and how, how we feel about like each opening. Where do you think Washington ranks in that hierarchy? Like, do you think Washington's a good job? What, what do you think of it? Well, it's a terrible stadium, <laughs> but they're in the works of trying to get a new one. But you have an owner, new ownership that's willing to spend money and that's willing to give you the resources. So I, I say it is a desirable job in terms of future success. In terms of immediate success, not so much. You're in a tough division. You have a bad football team. I don't, you're not going to win the division next year. You're probably not going to win the division the year after that. But I do think that to have long-term success and to have you know the confidence of the ownership I think it is a, a favorable job. I think it's you can kind of build it from the ground up. I think it's fourth on my list of the five. Like if I were ranking them now, it, it falls in ahead of the Panthers, behind everyone else, behind Chargers, Falcons, and Raiders. That's where I put. The I would Panthers. agree with that. I would agree with that. And I think like, man, you do have to give some credit to to Ron Rivera. I, like, let's let's accept what it is. Ron Rivera is not a good football coach. Like he's not a he's not a great head coach, but. Like the idea, like he, this dude had to deal with with Snyder for years. I mean, he never got dealt a fair hand in Washington, and I mean, to survive that storm, I think he should he deserves some credit. I'd like to. I mean, I I still I don't know if he's interested in it. He may just you know walk away from football, and if he did, I, I wouldn't blame him. But mm-hmm. Ron Rivera being a, a DC would, would would be great for some teams. Like it'd be a a, a big. You know hit. what? There's. There's a team in Florida that's in need. The Jaguars fired their defensive coordinator, Mike Caldwell, as well as several defensive assistants as, uh, you know, Doug Peterson. I'm not saying looking for a scapegoat, but they're looking for some changes there in Jacksonville. Bringing in a an experienced defensive guy was probably going to be a smart move for them moving forward. Yeah, uh, that is that is an interesting open. I don't again, I don't know what Ron Rivera's plans are. I don't know where he'll be or if he even wants to coach anymore, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Jacksonville clearly needed some some upgrades on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, we I mentioned it yesterday. Peterson, fair or not, is uh, dealing with some some heat, and he has to take some of that heat off of him. And the only way to do that, I mean, he's he's in charge of the other side, so he's got to figure out, hey, what's going on over here? Let, let's uh, let's let's let some heads roll and, and keep the heat off me. And the Giants are in the market for a defensive coordinator as well. Wink Martindale resigning. Uh, apparently, the relationship between him and Brian Dable was not was not good. There were rumors during the season that it was uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for. Well, no, I was going to say uh, irreconcilable. Is that the word? Of, uh, how do you ir- say it? Ir- irre- yeah, ir- ir- irreconcilable ir- differences. So, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, here's what that was me- the report. <laughs> Let me uh, let me say something about this before we get into the actual football of it. I hate the word resign because it's mm-hmm. the same as the word resign. And <laughs> when I saw it flash across the screen, it was like uh, Wink Martindale expected to resign or resign with the New York Giants. And it said uh, was expected to stay on or expected to stay on as of Monday. Uh, Dayball said on Monday he expects him to stay. So I'm like, I had to like go to the Internet and figure out what happened. It, because it could have been either or if Dayball said uh, earlier that he was going to, he expected him to be back. And then it said Martindale resigns or resigns. Those are v- two very See, but, different but, stories, but 
It didn't have the dash. You need that dash. You have to have the, the dash. Re- you gotta have the dash. Ah, that's on me then. That's my poor English. Yeah, you gotta have. You gotta have the dash. The dash <laughs> will tell you resign. Yeah, listen or resign. The the Giants' defense was pretty bad this season. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, this was it was ugly. Now that's it. they were better than the offense. That's just not saying a lot. But um, but like I said, Dayball had said that he thought Martindale and Mike Kafka were returning. They they were both still under contract in the next season. Um, and you know, I guess they, they, Martindale decided he, he didn't want to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. so again, this guy's 60 something years old. He's like, uh, this isn't the place for me. And I'll be honest. It's a big re it feels like a big rebuild, particularly on that defensive side of the ball. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're now attached to Daniel Jones, at least probably for another year or two, which means you don't have the kind of cap room to spend money on defense. And they need they need an overhaul defensively. So if you're 60 years old, you, he, I mean, it's not like Wink Martindale's a guy who won't get attention this offseason. Like, there's a lot of teams, mm-hmm. I'm sure, that would say, yeah, we'll take you to be our defensive coordinator. Um, so it, I, I think uh, I, I, I think that this is probably the best move for everybody. I, it, like Martindale wasn't going to succeed with the groceries that he had in New York. And it, New York's not going to succeed on defense without a complete overhaul. And he, he, a 60-year-old man doesn't want to be around for it. Wanted to uh, update the point spreads up on the DraftKings Sportsbook for the Super Wild Card Weekend and see if any of the movement kind of jumps off the page to us. Uh, the Browns are up to three-point favorites over the Texans now, AJ. The Dolphins Big brain, big brain, that minus two. Look yeah, at me. That's, yep, yep, look at you. Uh, Chiefs are three and a half over the Dolphins. The Bills are now ten-point favorites over the Steelers. This line is... Yeah, it's it, I, it could get even higher. It really could because I even saw a book had eleven when it's Mason Rudolph up. on the road, Scott. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the yep. thing you got to think about. Yep, uh, Packers and Cowboys are still seven and a half. Rams and Lions still three and a half, and Eagles are now three point favorites over the Bucks. So from two and a half to three there, it, with Philadelphia and the Bucks. I, I'll be honest. The one move that interests me is I'm, I'm starting to be a little interested in in the Bucks at three, a three point home okay. favorite. Okay. I, I mean, mm-hmm. Scott, what's my rule been all season? Don't lay points on the road with mediocre teams. And what do I think of the Eagles? They're a mediocre team. Mediocre as hell. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, catching three points at home with the Bucks. it's not a fun bet. It's not a bet that I'm going to be excited to make. Mm. I do think it's a low-scoring game, though. So catching okay. a full field goal, I think there's a, there's some value to that. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on, on the movement as we progress throughout the week. A couple of injury nuggets in the NBA last night. We found out that John Moran is going to have season-ending shoulder surgery And so he is done for the Memphis Grizzlies. And we saw what this team looked like, AJ, without him to start the season. Not looking forward to seeing what they're going to look like without him for the rest of the season. No, no, no. It it was was ugly for a while for Memphis. And this is kind of like letting the air out of the balloon, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you felt like, man, our guy's back. We've got some life. And then suddenly you don't. So... I don't know how this is going to work out, but McKenzie has said before that it's not the the star players are usually overvalued in the NBA. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if betting against the Grizzlies right now is the thing to do, but it's hard for me to imagine that the Grizzlies are going to show up with much fight given given how important he was to their success. And, And I mean, it was night and day. 
The Grizzlies were one of the worst teams in the league when he was gone. He showed up. They started winning. I, I don't think it was a coincidence. So I, I can't imagine the Grizzlies are are super hyped about this. I, in fact, I imagine that they're the the morale on that team right now uh, is is plummeting because this is a team that you know it, it, they're sitting at thirteen and twenty three. They're, they're mm-hmm. basically out of the mix, but they've been competitive now for you know for a, a couple weeks here, and now that's probably gone. You probably continue to plummet now. You're, now you're competing with the Blazers. Uh, that's not what you wanted to be. You're, you're hoping that John Morant can fight and get you up into that play-in type situation. That's not going to happen now. So Mem- Memphis, this is a, a tough break for them. And they'll they'll take on the Mavericks tonight in Dallas, and Memphis is an eight-point dog, uh, obviously because of the lack of John Morant. Yeah. Elsewhere, uh, the Pacers beat the Celtics last night, but Tyrese Hallis- Halliburton had to be helped off the court. He's going to have an MRI on his hamstring. He kind of fell down and did a split, and, and it didn't yeah. look good. Yeah, it was a, a weird uh, a, a weird fall. Like, he just kind of missed time to jump. Um, crazily like if you had told me Tyrese Halliburton was was going to be out for most of that game I would have thought there's no way this this thing gets in the 260s and sure enough 133 mm-hmm. 131 Pacers win so another another over hits for the Pacers but uh the fact that they won is even maybe even more impressive without Halliburton obviously this is a a, a key injury for them I, I'm I'm curious to see what the what the timeline is because without him I First of all, we're not going to see any more 260-point totals, I would no, guess. No, 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 no. Uh, but the Pacers are in a uh, – they're in a dogfight with with that middle of the Eastern Conference. You know, it, it seems like the the four through eight seed in the, in the Eastern Conference is all the same. Mm-hmm. If Indiana slips out of that group, you know, it puts them in a, a pretty bad situation. Maybe good Let's news for your this. Knicks, though. Maybe, exactly, who uh, waved Taj Gibson after just three weeks. Uh, <laughs> but let's take a look at the schedule tonight. My Knicks are home to the Blazers. They are 11.5-point favorites, total of 226.5 there. Kings will visit the Pistons. Sacramento, 11-point road favorites. Timberwolves are at the Magic. Minnesota laying five on the road. I mentioned the Grizzlies, eight-point dogs in Dallas against the Mavericks. And the Lakers Five point favorites at home against the Raptors. Mm. You know, the, the Lakers were talking about, you know, building off of that win against the Clippers. Can they put it together tonight for a second straight win? I'm not going to bet on it. I mean, I'm sure that's what the public is going to be on. I'm I'll be quietly on the sideline uh, watching to see if the Lakers have any kind of life to them. I, I mean, it's nice. They won that game. If that pal three goes in, it goes to overtime. I had no expectation that the Lakers would have won that game in overtime. So uh, I'm still I'm still out on the Lakers for now and until much further notice. Let's take a look at the NHL schedule for tonight. We have uh, 10 games on the schedule. The Kraken are a- in Buffalo. So uh, cross-country trip, but kind of still up north. Uh, anyway, Buffalo is minus 115. Total is six and a half there. The Sharks are also cross-country and out of country as they are in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. Toronto, a massive favorite 
minus 450. Kings are at the Lightning. Boy, it's like everyone's going cross country. This is like the, you know how like teams have week. the West Coast trips? Yep. Yeah, this is East Coast trip week. Uh, the Kings are at the Lightning. LA minus 115 on the road. Total of six and a half. Canucks are all the way here in uh, uh, on the East Coast taking on the Islanders. New York minus 130 there against Vancouver playing on the second out of a back-to-back as they look great against the Rangers last night in New York, a 6-3 win over the Rangers. But the second out of a back-to-back, usually a good time to fade. We'll see if they can keep it up against the Islanders. Not a lot of travel, at least. No, well, there's traffic, lots of traffic. (laughs) But I guess, you know, they could take the LIRR and and hopefully not deal with it. Just uh, take the train right there to Belmont. Uh, the Panthers are at the Blues. Florida's minus 170. Ducks are at the Predators. Nashville minus 225. Blue Jackets visit the Jets. Winnipeg minus 270. Oilers are at the Blackhawks. Edmonton is minus 400. And, you know, just not sure what to expect from Chicago without Connor Bedard. Yeah, you are. Pick up you saw eight. it last year, Scott. <laughs> Well, no, they did pick up a 4-3 win against the Flames, uh, you know, their first game without him since the injury. But I'm not going to do it here against uh, Edmonton. Speaking of the Bedard injury, I I still think it opens the door for my Luke Hughes to be the Calder Trophy winner. Mm. Uh, His odds have gone down to plus 400. And uh, if you remember preseason, uh, we gave it out a plus 900 for Luke Hughes to win the Calder Trophy as the NHL's Rookie of the Year. If Bedard is out for... You know, a month or so, uh, the door certainly remains open. Anyway, Edmonton, a big favorite in Chicago tonight, minus 400. The Senators are at the Flames, and in this one, you're looking at Calgary uh, as a minus 135 favorite. And the Bruins, who lost last night in Colorado on the second of a back-to-back, are in Arizona. They're minus 155 favorites. And AJ, we have a total of five and a half. Oh, I know where you're leaning. I have so much FOMO because there was a five and a half total the other day. I think it was Sunday, the Kings and the Capitals. And I just looked at the situation for both teams and I was like, man, I don't like it. Like, I feel like I feel like this is an under game. And you know what? It ticked up to six because people were betting the over. And I said, you know what? That's my that's my sign to stay away. Right. Uh, you just stay away from it. And of course, seven goals were scored. So it goes <laughs> over. But uh, yeah, the five and a half totals continue to be extremely profitable. Just betting the over on the five and a half. So again, a five and a half total tonight between the Bruins and the Coyotes, depending on the sports book. I, I think when it's all said and done, this thing will get up to uh, to six. But hey, if you have a five and a half, you already know where I'm leaning. Still plenty of time to save some money at pregame.com. All you have to do is go to the website, pregame.com, buy a pick from your favorite pregame pro, or if you choose to get a seven-day all-access or a weekender all-access, or if you want any best bet or season subscription package, choose your purchase because no matter what, that purchase is going to be a little cheaper for you. You can take 20% off using any of our coupons. We have two coupons that are still active right now, Wake 20 and Early 20. Either one of those coupons will save you 20% off at pregame.com. No matter what you purchase, take 20% off at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. AM.